Microphones of Madness is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcasting Network. Yes, we are proud. Sort of. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Saturday night. Uh, welcome to our special episode of Mollusks of Madness. Uh, we will be talking the genetic diversity of bivalves today with our special... <laughs> <laughs> God, I, even, I can't even keep that straight. Oh. Tonight we have marine biologist Peter Rollick with us. Actually, <laughs> I think I agree. I know. We know. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you, that just as a quick aside, when I was in college, I created a superhero team called the Suicide Squids. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, well, It'll all be better than Zack Snyder's movie, that's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> you know, well. yeah. uh, so, I've got to go someplace somewhere. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out yet, our guest tonight is Peter Rollick, author, editor, role-playing gamer. Oh, God. Marine biologist. Marine biologist, ecologist, efficiency expert, father. General, general ne'er-do-well. Yeah. <laughs> Convention goer. I made donuts once too. I used to make donuts for oh, a major corporation. Former 7 Eleven manager? That, that wouldn't happen to be a major corporation with headquarters in Massachusetts, would it? It could be. How did you know I managed the 7 Eleven? You, you, you actually sent a. You posted a picture after Necronomicon. Oh, yeah. Of the 7 Eleven. Now, here's the interesting connection about that 7-Eleven. That 7-Eleven is two blocks from my in-law's place at Ocean City. Nice. Nice. I rode out a couple of hurricanes there. Crap, I know that 7-Eleven. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually in that 7-Eleven a couple of hours before you posted that picture. <laughs> the whole world revolves around Ocean City. Which, which, which is weird because you post the pictures. I used to manage this place however many years ago it was, and I was like, that building looks really familiar. And then, then you said it was Ocean City, and I was like, I was just in there. Meanwhile, there's the place next door, the little um, shack, the little diner. Mm -hmm. food. Like, I ate there every night, and eventually I came down with malnutrition. But, you know, that's not their fault. Right. <laughs> you don't eat a salad for two months. Um Something happens. Yeah, something's going to happen. All right, so the big thing is that uh, the long-awaited legacy of the Reanimator yes. anthology has been released. Anybody can go out and get it now. Originally, it was um, only available at Necronomicon and Nick at Chaosium. It was a bougie before. Now it's proletariat. Sure. Yep. We're very happy. Yeah. Uh, it was... First of all, I'm just happy to see it out because apparently these some of these stories are cursed. I am, oh. apparently, I am apparently the third person to try and do this kind of anthology and include the round... get the round robins back out into the world. Ah. But, and, but um, you were successful this time. I was successful. Yes. So, you know, I'm missing a kidney now, but I was successful. <laughs> uh, you know, previously the two round robins were only available in um, very hard to find back issues of Crypt of Cthulhu. And right. um, 
at, so at one point I had photocopied these pages and I had them you know, blown up and hanging, hanging on my wall when I was writing Reanimator so I could reference them. Because I'm, I'm a stickler for you know, making sure my timelines are right. Right, and, right. Um, this is, and actually, uh, and actually these round robins is what, what uh, gave birth to the, the Hartwell character in Reanimator, correct? Absolutely, because I originally, when I first conceived of, um, so let's set the Wayback Machine. Um, a couple, God, it's got to be 20 years ago now. Mm -hmm. I wrote a little piece for Crypt of Cthulhu called uh, History of the Miskatonic Valley Part 1. Mm -hmm. I went through a whole slew of my Mythos collection, and I pulled out all the history that happens before colonial times. And I wrote that. And it was my intent to write that and then write Part 2 and Part 3 and Part 4, and take us all the way up to the 20th century. Mm -hmm. so I'm doing the research for this, and I realize that three major characters are in, you know, what I think of as Essex County, Arkham, that whole area, the Miskatonic Valley area, at right. the same time. And these are Asnith Waite, the unnamed narrator um, who we'll call um, uh, from Innsmouth, uh, the shadow over Innsmouth. Robert uh, Olmstead. Who we'll call Robert Olmstead. And uh, Randolph Carter as um, the Swami Chandra Putra are all in town pretty much at the same time. You could make them be in Arkham on the same day. It's like, well, that's... And this is when I was reading things like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Anno Dracula by um, Kim Newman. So crossovers are really big in my mind at this point. I'm like, damn, those are three characters that just have to you know, meet on the street. So like, all right, so this is the League of Lovecraftian Gentlemen. We're going to do this, right? We're going to plot this out. And it's like, oh, we really need Herbert West. Herbert West has got to be in this. But it doesn't work. The timeline's just not there um, because of these round robins. Herbert West is off doing other things. Mm -hmm. He can't be part of my, let's see, it was League of Lovecraftian Gentlemen, then it was the, um, the Odd Fellows of Arkham, um, the Miskatonic Men's Aid Society. Um, and then we had, at one point, when we realized that, when I realized that Asnith Waite was going to be one of the lead characters, we had Miskatonic Men's Aid Society, and then the men's was crossed out in lipstick. So, nice. You know, you know, so we were playing with all these ideas, and it's like, but I really need a Herbert West character. So I stole another character, Dr. Hartwell, who <laughs> is, um, Hartwell is... Armitage's position in the Dunwich Horror, mm -hmm. and uh, I, you know, I started writing the Weird Company about him and everybody else, but I didn't have any backstory for for him. Right. So all right, I'll write a story about him. And then we wrote another story about him, and I wrote another story about him, and the next thing you know, I've got fifty, sixty thousand words, and I'm like, well, I'm three quarters of the way to a big novel. And uh, we might as well just do it. Mm -hmm. so, Go for broke. Exactly. So I stole some of my own stories and, and, and did a, what they used to call a fix-up mm -hmm. novel. You, you put a whole bunch of story, related stories together and you call it a novel. It was actually very common back in the day of you know, Analog and Asimov's and 
fantasy and science fiction. Shit, Jack and Vance. What's that? Jack Vance used to do it all the time. Exactly. Uh, Retief, uh, Keith Lommer, and all those guys. Um, Morcock. Yep. So, yeah, and then um, Reanimators came out. And my publisher's like, where's the next one? I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, here's where it And one way or another, I became the reanimator guy. Never set out to be. And reanimators was never even, you know, it wasn't even called reanimators. It was originally, I think, we called it, like, the shadow out over Arkham or the shadow out of Arkham. Because mm-hmm. um, what I really wanted to do was, in that book, besides introduce Hartwell, was to show how people who were living in Arkham would react and interact with all the stuff that's going on in Lovecraft stories. Somebody has to notice these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, a physician might, uh, you know, take notice of some of the weird things going on in his town. Now, the fact that he actually becomes one of those weird things that's going on in his town is icing on the cake. So that's how we got to Weird Company, Reanimators and Weird Company, and then Legacy of the Reanimator was just this offhand remark I made uh, on Facebook saying that 2015 is the 30th anniversary Mm. of the film. Somebody should do a tribute anthology. And I think within 15 minutes, I had somebody saying, why don't you do that for us? And within 30 minutes, I had people submitting work. Nice. Um, awesome. Yeah. And, and and the Rollick verse turns. Yeah. And I know some people were kind of unhappy that I didn't include a story in this. Um, but we had so many good stories. It's, mm-hmm. it's a 100,000-word book. And we wanted to include – it's about 50-50. It's old, 50% old stuff and 50% new stuff. And um, – I think that there were stories that just languished out there being unread because they weren't available, or there were stories out there that were available, but nobody really realized that they were Herbert West stories. Mm-hmm. And um, even today, I'm you know, secretly collecting Herbert West stories for you know, maybe a volume two if I ever get you know, motivated. <laughs> There's a cat growing out of your head. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Um, it crossed just under frame and then jumped. Oh, that's right. You have cats. Now. <laughs> I have two cats now. Nice. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of Herbert West stuff, and you know, as we were talking earlier, a lot of the Herbert West comics and media jumps off from the movie, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be Legends of Was it Legends of Reanimator or uh, Tales of the Reanimator. Um, the Herbert West versus Ash, or or Reanimator versus the Evil Dead. Right. Um, th- I saw one today where I think it was, oh, it was Hack Slash, Hack Slash versus Reanimator, and they're, they're all taking their cue from the film. And um, this book doesn't; it goes back to the source material and grows it from there. There are a few film references, um, but for the most part, it's it's. Uh, Literary based, not movie based. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, yeah. Doctor Fu Manchu sneaks into this anthology as well. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, 
that was fun. Um, one of the things I got to do in this in this book was to um, invite people who wouldn't normally consider writing this kind of story. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to see um, what they would do. So a good friend of mine is Richard Lee Byers, who lives on in Tampa, St. Pete, um, and writes Forgotten Realms, uh, you know, D and D stories, and his own series as well. But he had never really written mythos before, and right. um, I think since doing this, he's I think he's written three or four stories now at least. Nice. Uh, in, in the cool. mythos. Yeah. So it's it's a new market for him. You you've got him hooked. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, he's gotten into anthologies that I have not. So. Which, um, which this is also that you know the inclusion of of Fu Manchu in Legacy of the Reanimator kind of uh, goes with something you did in Reanimators, where uh, you had a lot of guest appearances. Yeah. By by XP characters, uh, <laughs> off the top of my head, I remember Nick and Nora Charles. Yeah. Um, uh, Charlie Chan shows up. Yep. Indiana Jones and his father. Briefly. <laughs> um, Matt Carpenter has asked me to write a uh, annotated version of, of these books mm -hmm. because I do drop in um, dozens, if not hundreds, of other characters. There are references to um, Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, The Phantom um, of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera. Which was awesome, by the way. That's so cool. I love See, that. I will tell you that 99.99% of the people love my Phantom of the Opera story, mm. but the people who hate my Phantom of the Opera story hate it with a passion. Wow. <laughs> and are hugely vocal about it. Um, wow. okay. I, I thought that it was an interesting... And the punchline on that is The Devil Went Down to Georgia, which is probably my one of my favorite songs from growing up. Um... Mm. But yeah, there's I'm so one of the first stories I wrote, not the first story I ever published, um, but when I started to, to write again, um, I did reviews for the New York Review of Science Fiction, and I'm still doing those. But um, I reviewed this series called uh, The Shadow Men, which comes out every year, mm. and it focuses on French literature, French superheroes, French comics, French movies. And what you do is you take a French literary character and you write a story about them. And if you if you accept it, it's published in not only the American version but also in French as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a essentially it's a French superhero anthology. Right, right. Not limited to superheroes. We get Arsène Lupin and and right. Fantomas and stuff like that in there. So you know the only at that time the only French person I knew was you know. Phantom of the Opera, um, and you know, um, the music of Eric Zahn is is set in France. Um, so I tried to tie those two together, and it, and you know, Herbert West happens to show up in that, and I think it really works. Um, I really do enjoy that. Um, yeah, so I've continued that tradition of of if you're not using a character. I will follow you down the alleyway, beat you senseless, and steal them <laughs> that I can, um, because they should not languish in in um, in uh, lost forever. I hate the idea that that some of these great characters 
are just lost forever because nobody wants to deal with them anymore. Um, even if they're horrible, if they were horrible characters, um, the I, the Nicola is, and I hope I'm saying that right. From is is uh, is like that. He was a French superhero uh, prior to World War II, but in the book that was published after World War II, I think he was a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> he was a agent of the Vichy government. So, wow. People still write about them and write about him, and I think I think that's the right character. I could be wrong. Uh, it could be a different one, but yeah, those kinds of things. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm really big on bringing characters from films and um, books that I love, and uh, I think deserve better better recognition. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, Reanimatrix, which will be out in October, I think. Which I helped um, name. Is has an entire <laughs> chapter dealing with. Um, Dr. X and the Return of Dr. X. Nice. Which are classic little horror movies that nobody watches anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they play that one on Turner Classic Movies. movies. We'll play that movie. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, I was just going to say Turner Classic Movies plays that every once in a while. Yeah. I, I own them because I think they're that good. Um, they're yeah, they're B movies. They're Bowery films essentially. They're you know probably filmed for twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, but well, uh, it was a lot of money back then. Yeah, it was like a trillion zillion. In- yeah. So yeah, I mean, sneaking around in the alleyways and nicking secondary characters too that nobody's not even going to notice. They're right. Gone. Like, right. Um, I think in uh, didn't we. In, in Reanimatrix, um, one of the the uh, characters is is um, well. There's a Darrow Chemical Company. Mm-hmm. Darrow Chemical being the the uh, company that makes uh, trioxin that brings the in Return of the Living Dead. But also mm-hmm. Jeff Darrow, the artist and, and comic book creator, mm-hmm. uh, is a is a big horror fan and. Um, I think he did a series on with Frankenstein. So, and you know, I'm doing, I'm paying homage to both, both of those. Both of those. Cool. Guys. Yeah. Now, is Reanimatrix like the the conclusion of of this? Is this going to be a trilogy, or is this going to be a Douglas Adams trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it. I like that. Let's call it Douglas. This book, you know, I think Hartwell appears in this book. Mm-hmm. It's set in the same universe, but it's um, it's not a, a sequel to either The Weird Company or Reanimators. Um, Reanimatrix is a murder mystery. Mm. Um, nice. Set in Arkham, and it's a it's a uh, homage to one of my favorite um, film noirs. Uh, and novels, uh, Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember Laura, you mentioning that. Yeah. Laura tells the story of this cop who picks up a a, um, a a murder case in which a very beautiful woman has been shot point blank in the face. Mm-hmm. Ouch! And, and um, she she's identified by her clothes. And um, he, in the course of investigating her murder falls in love with her. He's reading her diaries, 
learning about her life and and almost basically living out of her her apartment and falling in love with this dead girl. Wow, that's and, nice. Uh, I wanted to do the same thing in Arkham, where just because you've fallen in love with a dead girl doesn't mean you can't have a relationship. Um, it's true. So, yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot of stuff going down in Arkham. Yeah, several options. Literally. And, and you know it's it's funny because so the animators takes place over the course of half a quarter century, twenty five years almost, mm -hmm. maybe more. Um, Weird Company takes place in a couple couple days, maybe a, a week. Mm -hmm. um, Reanimatrix takes place in one year. One year. And um, I get to do more with Reanimatrix than I got to do with Weird Company in terms of crossovers, because I have more time to play. Now there are a lot of crossovers in Weird Company. Mm -hmm. Just people don't notice them because I. I think I was better because they're monster crossovers. Right. There is a in Weird Company. There was an entire genealogy of Shagots. Nice. Um, there's the there's the original Blob. There's the remake Blob. There's mm -hmm. Antoms from Dean Koontz's Phantoms films. Um, cool. Payne Brennan's Slime. Um, there are different kinds of Shagas, and I'm stealing them all from different sources. Ultimately, the Weird Company ties into um, the, uh, John W. Campbell's The Thing, and, and serves as a prequel to that, wow. um, which is made in, you know, I think uh, Carpenter did a great job making that film. Right. And um, the timing's wrong, but you, John W. Campbell's original story set in the 40s or 50s uh, is a essentially in my mind has been always been a sequel to At the Mountains of Madness. Right. And I just wanted to bridge that gap. Now, now, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, John Carpenter's thing was actually a sequel to the, the original movie based on the, that story? The, sort of? The thing from that was a prequel. Um, no, that was the made, second. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, giant carrot monster essentially. Uh, it's played by James Arnaz, I think. Yeah, Marshall uh, Matt Dillon. Yes, um, not a sequel to that. It was not a sequel to that, but it drew from the same material. Okay. Who goes there? Who goes there? Yes. Excellent. Now, now you've been also teasing at um, a project called the Peasley Papers. Yeah. And we have. A, in the description of this video, we have a link to an audio that Leah put together of a reading of the, uh, the Pestilence of Pandora Peasley. Right. So uh, that's a lot of peas. I, yeah, uh, there's also, um, there are a lot of pea stories that I thought, it, you know, it's kind of funny. I have, I have fun with it. Um, uh, there's a story called Professor Peasley's Pandemonium. Um, Professor Peasley plays Paris. Uh, <laughs> Which is about nice. Professor Peasley plays Paris is about the theft of the Mona Lisa, Ooh. which actually did occur. Mm -hmm. um, but that's actually a side story to to the whole thing. Um, there, so over the course of the last couple of years, I have written a whole bunch of stories um, 
dealing with the Peasleys or other characters in the Shadow Out of Time. Mm -hmm. And um, pretty much realized that I had 60,000 words of Peasley stories. And um, there are actually, I have a character called Pandora Peasley. Her actual name is Endora Peasley. Um, mm. And Endora, oddly enough, Endora is not, I believe, a real name. It's a name they made up for Bewitched. Um, but I love, I love the whole Pandora Peasley, you know, her real, her, her real name being Endora, but the people who are afraid of her call her Pandora. Um, but there are three Pandora Peasley stories. Um, and while they all share the same character, it is impossible for them to take same place in the same timeline. Um, so they're, they're called variations on a theme um, of, of what this character would be like. And then there's, there's a story that, takes, that explains everything. Or you've just introduced the multiverse. In, in that, well, that's the story that explains everything. Is that there's that there's a multiverse, um, but uh, yeah, I've been putting together these stories, and the Pestilence of Pandora Peasley um, is actually a prequel to my story in the Hall of the Yellow King. Um, awesome. It explains how the um, the uh, the yellow sign fell on Earth, and why it fell on Earth and why we had to go to um, Carcosa and beg forgiveness and ask them to lift the curse, hmm. and, uh, which is one of the earliest stories I've ever published. Nice. Um, cool. So I'm tying it all together. It all fits. I swear. I have a plan. The, it, the Rolic okay. verse. Yeah, the Rolic verse. Sure. Sure. That's, I, I've been calling that, that for years, and, you know, Pretty much since the release of the first Reanimators book, the the Reanimators, and uh, yeah, and it's just that's that's what it appears is that you have gone out and you've created this one coherent, almost like Lovecraftian version of the Marvel universe. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, um, and I'm having. You know what? I'm having fun. Oh, absolutely. And that's the, that's the point. Thing. I, if, I know some people like my stories, and some people are like looking at them going, like, really? And, I, you know, I just want to sit down and I want to write my stories. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of watching my stories, I want to write them. Right. And, um, write what you want to read. Now, and that's actually, you know, how this all started. It's like people weren't writing what I wanted to read anymore. Mm -hmm. So I decided I would do it myself. Exactly. So, Steve, you're off a quiet. Oh, um, jump in here, man. All right, I, I was just gonna actually say that your stories read a lot better than a lot of the stories that probably inspired you to do it yourself. Anyway, <laughs> you have a lot. Lovecraft was a wordy guy. I mean, yeah, you, you got say what you want about him, but he was wordy, and a lot of use people, all the adjectives. Well, a lot of people who oh, are genre more adverbs, more. that style. Yeah. And some of them did it well. Some of them did not do it as well. Right. And you and, and a select few of the 
newer writers throw the style out the window and actually write prose without trying to pander to an audience. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, I have a definite style, um, and I'm inspired by a lot of different people. Uh, very early on, I wasn't trying to ape Lovecraft, but I was trying to ape that feeling, and, you know, the, to capture that that feeling of, of putting together this mystery. And sometimes I hit it, and sometimes I don't. But I also recognize the weaknesses in the style, and uh, I, I try to do my own thing. And one of the, the big things that I've done in Reanimatrix is that the first third of the book is told from the point of view of a male character, then it's told from the point of view of a female, and then back to the male, and then back to the female, and then the chapters flip back and forth one by one. So mm -hmm. each story, each chapter is going from one character point of view to the other, male to female, and then at the very end, it's an entirely different character. Um, so that you get different viewpoints. That's like and some Gene Wolf shit right there. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, but <laughs> the point, that, and one of the things I've realized is that you can't always tell the story you want to tell from a comfortable point of view. And while I'm perfectly comfortable writing male characters, I've got to learn to write women. And while I'm fond of saying, you know, that line from "As Good as It Gets," you know, how do you write women so well? It's like, oh, I imagine a man. And then I take away reason and responsibility. But it's not that easy. And it, yeah, first of all, that's not true. Right. And, that, and, by, the, and by the way, let me have Kim say that that was the worst Jack Nicholson impression I've ever heard. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm not drunk enough yet. Right? But you knew it was Jack Nicholson. See? Yeah. I've seen that movie. As good as it gets, it's, it's actually a halfway decent movie. It is. It is. Uh, and sadly, I get sucked into watching it every single time. That's why I don't own it, because then, you know. But um, women, you know, for me, women are hard to write, and that's why I often consult with other women. Well, women, period. With other women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. The <laughs> <laughs> um, lovely, the beautiful Pete Rollick. Mandy is, my, my wife Mandy is... Um, helps out a lot on when I'm writing women because I'll write something and I'll hand it to her and, and she'll look at it and, and she says, no, 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 women don't think like that. You know, that's how men think women think, but no, you're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm working on it. But I wanted to, ch do, I wanted to challenge myself in doing that. And uh, only time will tell to see, you know, if it worked. We'll find out in October. Yeah, when the book bombs, right? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know yeah, the book that. has to be released first now. Because I've seen both Reanimators and Weird Company in Barnes and Nobles and my local um, gaming comic book store. So mm -hmm. I've seen them out there. It's not something that you have to order. Right, right. Um, that has been the huge advantage of, of going through my publisher, Nightshade Books. Mm-hmm. Um, they still ha they have great access to Barnes and Nobles and and other distribution points, and I'm very happy to do that. Um, I I love. There's nothing like walking into a bookstore and seeing your book in the wild. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what's scary is, and you know, I used to run, I used to run my own bookstore. I sold rare and used books and unusual books for a long time. Damn, Pete, you've done everything. Yeah, well, you know. He 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 was he was the protagonist in a Lovecraft story. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's scary is that I have I have never found my own books used. And that's I should, not scary. That's that's cool. That yeah. is. That and means that everybody's keeping them. Yes. Or and, they're destroying them, but or one or the other. One or the other. Never, <laughs> A signed copy offered on eBay. Really? Um, well, I'm checking my reanimator. Yeah. Legends of reanimator, signed. <laughs> no, I'm not there. Right <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's it's interesting. You know, as a as a bookseller, I'm, I'm, I const- I constantly check my own stuff to see if it's out there, and I've seen my stuff for sale, but I've never seen it, you know, signed. And I've never seen it in mass quantities, which makes me feel good. It means right. people aren't trading it. So that's, that's good. Now, now a question I wanted to ask you, and and we just we discussed this topic last week. Have you written up your review of the Force Awakens yet? <laughs> I have found that I don't need to. You found everything, that you don't need to. I have everything that I wanted to say about that movie has been said. And even today, I guess, um, who was it? Um, I think it was Jeff Vandermeer posted his, his comments, mm. and they echo they echo mine. Um, in many ways, I feel about this film the way I felt about Super 8. It's like somebody reached into my childhood and just stole everything that was good about it. Mm. You know, The Force Awakens is Star Wars. It's just a rewrite of the movie with some gender swapping. Right. Um, it was it was as enjoyable as the first one because it was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing is that uh, I guess what's his name Ben. Um, ben is the C three PO character, uh, <laughs> who's learning how to be human. Um, right. And who's wandering around the desert with a, ro- a, a tiny little R2-D2 unit. Right. An astromech. Um, Until he finds the force user. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... But he gets a badass leather jacket out of the deal. Yeah. You know, what, what, what sealed it home for me was that... You know, you remember in the first, in the original Star Wars, um, when... Luke, after they bought the droids, Luke is talking to his uncle. And mm-hmm. his, his uncle's like, you know, tomorrow I want you to go into whatever station Anchorhead. and have those droids wiped. And go up to Anchorhead and have those droids wiped, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what they threatened Finn with. Mm-hmm. Send him to reprogramming. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's obvious to me that he's a droid character. They just changed him a little bit. Now... There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's enjoyable, I, but it's not groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. Um, I'd ra- I'm I'm looking. I will look forward to seeing. Was it Rogue Squadron? Uh, Rogue One. Rogue yeah. One. I'm, yeah. Because I'm I'd looking like, at that one too. 
I'd like to see what they do with characters that aren't bound to a specific storyline. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, from what, from what I understand, that one is the um, the theft of the Death Star plans. Okay. So so yeah, it's a major well, we event in Star Wars. Up. Yeah, we know how it ends, but you know right. how many main characters died to bring us this information? How yeah. many? What are they? Bothians? Bothans? Hey oh. man. Yeah. Many just many Bothans died to bring us this. Many Bothans died. information. Don't you fucking forget it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually I think the best thing I've seen about Star Wars, the new one, is mm-hmm. the wiki cartoon that I saw this morning. Right. Chewbacca is friends with Kylo Ren growing up. I haven't seen that one. I've seen uh, a Calvin and Hobbes uh, spoof that's like Vader and Ren. Yeah, this is uh, essentially you know Chewbacca is is Kylo Ren's best friend growing up. <laughs> and uh, the last scene is the last scene in the comic strip is, you know, Chewbacca taking aim on this on his uh, with his um, laser crossbow. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, sure. we'll see where it goes. My kids loved it, so yeah. My, so, so Gareth loved it too. I, I saw it twice. I liked it better the second time than the first time. Logan didn't really care for it, but I loved it. I liked it. It was fun. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed myself every minute that it, did, uh, it was on. But in retrospect, of course I was going to enjoy it. It's a movie I've loved for 40 years. Mm-hmm. For how old am I? 30, 30 years. Okay, yeah. Just added 10 years to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Legacy of the Reanimators out and sold out. Cool. Um, So we're happy with that. We're going to get more out there. Is it still doing well on Kindle? Yeah, it's still available for Kindle. Um, I don't think it's on Barnes and Nobles at all. So. Yeah. I don't know if that store is going to be around for much longer. So. What about um? No, don't see that. What about uh, Weird Company and Reanimators? How are how are they doing? Um, oddly enough, Weird Company... Okay, so when Weird Company came out, it fell into this weird um, Amazon uh, bestseller list on mashups. Mm-hmm. And I think it popped up to, like, number two at one point on that list. And cool. it stayed weeks and weeks and weeks, um, if not months. And then it quietly fell off. Now, what I want to know is what was ahead of it. <laughs> Um, Shakespearean uh, Star Wars things, um, uh, mm. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, I was constantly seeing being passed up and then fell back, and with um, not Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, the other one, Sense, Sensibility, and Sea Monsters. So, which Fight is a now, how when when the new book comes out, how does that affect the sales of? It? Well, so that's where I was getting is, is when um, Legacy of the Reanimator came out, suddenly Weird Company popped back up into the top 100 of that mashup list. Mm-hmm. So it gave a, a little bit of a bump, and um, 
that's nice. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure when Reanimatrix comes out, um, I'll read some new new fans, which was the intent. Um, Reanimatrix is uh, well, unless my editor does something to it. Reanimatrix is racy. Racy. No. Yeah. You're kidding. There is um, zombie porn, ish porn, and, and tentacle porn. And, um, and stockings with seams up the back. Now, the real question is... Is it like spelling salts? Does the main character get raped by his own body? <laughs> so, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> There's an explicit scene between my female character and Dr. West. And then there's an explicit scene between my female character and a deep one. And there's an explicit scene with the female character and... Zombies. And zombies. Yeah. And your, your wife was telling you how the female characters think, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, what do I so. think when I'm being sexually assaulted by zombies? Oh, no, there's no, no, there's no assault. There's no assault. Yeah. What do I think when I'm going down on a zombie? I hope yeah. it doesn't break off. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, they're not really zombies. Oh, that's the wrong. And the viewer that's shows. The wrong head. The brains are not dog. kept in that head. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good oh. stuff. Yeah. So we, had, you know, we had some. I, 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 had some fun doing this, and um, you know, it's sort of like a Fifty Shades of Grey reanimator Laura novel. Um, it's everything you could possibly want and a little bit more. And uh, I think we might do a red band for it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Definitely not for kids. Now, now speaking speaking of mashups, you know, when are, when are we going to see this Herbert West versus uh, Professor Wildman? <laughs> oh, geez, you know, because you know, I know you want me just to do going that. just going by, but this is all based on the cover of Legacy of the Reanimator. Because look at that guy; that guy yeah. is buff. That <laughs> guy could take on Doc Savage. Well, so what that guy is is that guy is Herbert West has cloned himself. Mm -hmm. and subjected himself to uh, growth hormone. A variation of his reagent. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That has made him buff. So reducing the heart well reagent. Yeah, and you know, I like Hartwell. Hartwell is is a little skinny guy and I know I know people hate Hartwell and you know what? I didn't write him to be a likable character. He's well, Her Herbert West isn't a likable character. <laughs> I mean, he is, but he's not. Right, right. It, it's not like he's Dexter. Right. Nobody's Dexter. <laughs> Dexter's a yeah. to himself. I was, um, I was at a reading where um, Jeffrey... Lindsay? Combs? What is it? Combs? Jeff Lindsay. Jeff Lindsay. Oh, right. Who does the Dexter books? 
<laughs> was I was at a reading that he was doing, and somebody asked him, "Do you really think Dexter's a lovable character?" And he's like, "Yeah." What are you talking about? And it's like, well, the HBO series. He's like the the serial cover killer you love to love. He's the most lovable serial killer. And it's like I just don't see that. And, and, and Jeff is like, it's all marketing. <laughs> don't take it seriously. <laughs> But yeah, Hartwell, I wrote Hartwell to be, you know, a character who, first of all, if he was intent on getting revenge, the book would have been over in a couple chapters. So he's got to be wishy-washy. He's got to be torn apart inside. And I know a lot of people don't like that, but I don't live in a world where everybody's a hero. And sometimes uh, I like heroes with feats of clay. Feet of clay. Feats of clay. Feats of clay. That's interesting. Feet of clay. And uh, of clay. you know, yeah. In in Weird Company, there's this whole section where, you know, we're not heroes. They they talk about it. We're not heroes. We're the other guys. We're <laughs> we're monsters. But we're all we've got to defeat these this horror that's looming on the outside of the world. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, because the heroes apparently were busy that day. Well, yeah. You also, you explore that theme in the uh, in the story you wrote for the steam, not steampunk, the uh, Eldritch Chrome. Oh yeah, yeah. Where you have the, uh, the Battle of Arkham. Yeah, because war makes strange bedfellows, right? Right. Well, you have like evil people and their creations fighting right. something that's just beyond evil. Right. Well, you know, we, and this I think is part of partly Call of Cthulhu, the game's part, uh, fault. Nothing wrong you, with that. You see, <laughs> human beings versus the mythos, and the mythos are this like wall of giant. Oh, it's all mythos, and they're they're all you know you have sorcerers, something Mygo and Doles and this that and the other thing. I, I just don't. I think the mythos is not as monolithic as that. I think that there are factions within the mythos. And I think that if Yad Sathoth came down, if the Dunwich Horror had succeeded, and the world shifted, the Deep Ones would not be happy. Mm -hmm. That's not a world they want to live in. I don't think the Maigo would like that either. Right. Uh, and certainly not the, the uh, elder things in Antarctica. So it's not us versus them. It's them versus them, and us versus them, and them versus us. There's bunches of different factions there. It's everybody versus everybody. It's a game of risk. Right. It is. And um, so I explored that in um, the Battle of Arkham where human beings, deep ones, ghouls, and the Mygo are fighting uh, the Waitleys. Uh, <laughs> because nobody wants to live in a world where the laws of physics change every 24 hours. Right. That's, it's hard to live like that. Where that water great because you had to like Weaponized shagats. Yeah, right. I love that. I love the idea of you know having a little ball that you throw at a shagath grenade. That's, <laughs> Fire uh, the shagath cannon. <laughs> a, a tilling gas railgun. Right, and then you had the the dead were being reanimated, and yeah, <laughs> it was it was great. It was because given given the what you were facing, that's acceptable. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're when you're faced with the, the laws of the universe changing and 
you not being able to survive, reanimating the dead doesn't look so bad as a as a weapon option. Yeah. So yeah, and and I played that out. I played a similar role in um, uh, the Strange Company, which was in uh, the Steampunk Cthulhu anthology. Right. Um, and that I had a lot of fun with because I got to play with other with Lovecraftian characters and just retool them as um, as heroes. A lot. It was very many ways a dry run for the Weird Company. So. All right. Very cool. Yeah, and I think we've uh, we've gone over, <laughs> which that was to be expected. Yeah. But um, yes. Yeah, so thanks for stopping by, Pete. And I'm glad to be here. With us and stuff. I'll do this um, anytime you guys want. Absolutely. Ooh, absolutely. Cool. And we'll hold you to that. Well, we we'll right. definitely have you on again when uh, when Reanimatrix comes out. Sure. Yeah, you, you oh, want to read that first. <laughs> no, I don't. Ah, uh, yeah, you do. Okay. <coughs> Review copies. <laughs> what he said. What he said. Currently, we're we're working with an artist. Um, so when I wrote the novel, I had I I'd gone through uh, deviant art. I found this image that I really loved that said everything I wanted to say about you know the book, and mm -hmm. I tacked it up on my wall. I used it as just the inspiration. Nice. Well, I showed this to my publisher, and they went and talked. To, they got the artist, and he's working on the cover now. Oh, nice. that's really cool. So, you know, and this will be like the second time that we've used DeviantArt artists to, you know, the Weird Company, we found that art on DeviantArt. Nice. Um, Excellent. And we just oh, the, the, the cover image with the Torch and all. Yep. It's, it's yeah. It's, yeah. It's this that guy's version of the thing, mm -hmm. um, but it actually happens to work really well for the weird company. Yeah. So we used it. I was very pleased with it. All right. Great. So uh, I guess uh, it's time to tell everybody what's coming up this week. Uh, let's see. Monday night is Monday Night Heroes, and you guys are going on a raid. We will be back to Masks of Nyarlathotep, and uh, are the the opposite character to, to Pete Rollick's characters. Uh, will be supervising a raid from his wheelchair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you've turned. You've gone from the shadow to Professor X. Apparently. Um, so, um, and then Friday night, we'll be back with uh, part two of the auction. You'll see Pete once again. And Kim. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple other guys. Yeah, Yeah, those, those other folks. Not important. You know, Not important. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we all know who carries the show. Right. Well, no, 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 no. Not me. Lily. Yeah, because right, like, half an hour in, I'm inebriated. <laughs> exactly, less like last week. Half an hour in, half an hour in, he was like, can I pick up this NPC? <laughs> <laughs> What's your app? <laughs> like I said, we have West for that on Mondays. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And then uh, I believe next Saturday we will be resuming our discussion of uh, 
Kikonga. We will be covering David. two stories. Yes. Kikonga. Because the first one's, like, really tiny. Yeah. And then the second one is not quite as tiny, but... Right. Also, we wanted to get through the rest of this anthology with the remaining episodes of Season 2. That's right. So we're going to we're gonna actually work hard. Yes. They have cats on me again. We, do that. Work <laughs> we work hard for you, our beloved viewer. We work hard so you don't our have one, to. Our one beloved viewer. So do you guys have a way to give away a book? I suppose we do. We have an email address. And if you have something you'd like to give away... I have an extra copy of Legacy of the Reanimator. Ooh! Ooh. So I am... What? <laughs> so if there's somebody who sends you an email and or bunches of people, maybe you pick one at random, as long as it's in the continental United States, I'll send it out. Right, Don. All right. So, I'll even so send we'll it. I'll put the podcast up tomorrow, so people who listen to the show have a chance, and then yeah, people who watch it, give it a week, and um, if whoever emails us, you get it. If more than one do, we'll randomly pick it. All right, and that email address is microphonesofmadness at gmail.com. Uh, should, we, should we include a question? <laughs> what was Pete drinking? Oh, I don't even know what Pete was drinking. It was pink. <laughs> what what color was he? What color was his drink? <laughs> well, wait, nobody nobody can do that in the audio version. Well, that's true. That's true. All right, well, so I'll tell you what I was drinking. All right. Here we go. All right. You can easily so, look at not what I was drinking. Send us send us an email with the answer to the question of what was Pete drinking. And you have to listen very carefully after this point because he's about to tell you exactly what he was drinking. A skinny lady Cosmo. Ooh. A skinny lady sexy. Cosmo. It's got an app of 14. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a charisma of 17? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's just an app of 14. So, I think a charisma of 17 and an app of 17 would be the same, right? So once again, if you are within the continental United States, and you can send us an email, microphonesofmadness Everybody at gmail.com, and, and answer the following question, and just basically just send us, I want the book, exclamation point, uh, skinny lady Cosmo. And we'll yeah, just make that up. a subject. Skinny Lady Cosmo. Skinny Lady oh, Cosmo. Yeah. It wasn't really, but you know that's what it looked like. Well, that's what it is for now. That's what it's okay. a big mason jar of whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get you guys hooked up with a book. Otherwise, we'll see you Monday for Monday Night Heroes and Woo. on Friday for Friday Fun Guy. So, once again, everybody say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Buy the book. Buy the book. See the movie. It's, good. it's really good. Buy tons of books. Yes. Buy lots of books. Buy all the books. Buy Steve's book. Help I me a book. buy a new Porsche. You don't need a Porsche. No, I don't. <laughs> Too many Porsches in Palm Beach County.
All right. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie.